For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to The Drive. I'm not Tim Donnelly. I'm Brian Murphy from WRAL sitting in for Tim today. We got Graham Hill running the board for us, and I'm thrilled to have you here on 99.9 The Fan. We got a huge show Mike Greenberg of ESPN will join us. Uh, Debbie Antonelli of ESPN and the ACC Network. Walt Ruff to talk some Carolina Hurricanes. We've got NBA trade deadline. And the ACC basketball tournament, men's basketball tournament, that is, is coming back to North Carolina for a five-year run. More details on that later. But let's start with Pittsburgh and NC State, uh, a team that may not be making it to the NCAA tournament. NC State. Gave up back-to-back or two back-breaking key offensive rebounds down the stretch and lost last night at PNC Arena 67-64. Kind of broke a two-game winning streak there for for NC State. A lot of talk about what the Wolfpack did at the free-throw line. They were 6-for-15 from the line. Pitt, of course, was 18-of-20. There's your difference in the game right there. But the big question coming out of that loss, did this loss doom NC State's NCAA tournament hopes? Maybe. I mean, if you look at the net, they are nowhere near an NCAA tournament team now. Uh, the net gets way too much attention, but but NC State is currently 80th in the net. Um, their remaining schedule, though, does give you some, some opportunity, some hope that if they can go on a winning streak and they haven't shown that they're able to do that, they're they're you know 15 uh, 15 and eight overall, seven and five in the ACC, currently sixth. Um, but if you look at their remaining schedule at Wake at Clemson. Uh, they've got at UNC versus Duke, uh, at Pitt. There are opportunities to string together the type of victories that you would need to get into the NCAA tournament. Is this team good enough? Uh, it, that's what remains to be seen. But Kevin Keats was asked about making the NCAA tournament last night after the game. It's a great game. You know, look, everybody's in the thick of it. You know, we're one of the teams, like I told our, our guys today, we're one of the teams that, what's today, February 7th, I think, and you're still playing for something. You're still you know, I'll have an opportunity at the end. You're trying to, you know, build everything you can to get to March and see what it looks like. And, um, you know, we'd won two games at home. It was really good. It was an opportunity to win another one. Uh, and, and it's going to go down to the stretch with our league. It's going to go down to all the way to the last few games in uh, early March to determine, you know, who has that opportunity. You know, that's Kevin Keats on, on the possibility of getting to the NCAA tournament. NC State not out of it, but but they are going to have to string together a lot of victories here in the next couple of weeks before the selection committee meets, before the ACC tournament, which is in Washington, D.C. this year. Um, that loss last night hurts because that, that would have been a three-game winning streak. That would have put you in, in much better shape going at Wake, at Clemson. There's been a lot of talk about the ACC being a two-bid league, a three-bid league. Uh, don't look now, but the ACC has five teams in, in the top 35 of the net. Uh, you've got, of course, UNC, Duke, Virginia, Wake, and Clemson are all now in the top 33, 34 of the net. That thing changes daily. Um, and so so this is probably a five-bid league. And now you're looking at the mess of Pittsburgh, which is playing really well, NC State, Virginia Tech, Miami. Can one more team put it together down the stretch and put themselves, vault themselves into that NCAA conversation? 
NC State certainly will have the chances, will have those opportunities, but quite simply, they got to play better. Yeah, I, I mean, that was a game last night where they had they tied it up. I mean, it was tied late in that game. They gave up those two huge offensive rebounds. DJ Burns, who played really well, had an opportunity to put puts NC State to the lead. Great spin move, got to his left hand and just missed it. Um, they had some opportunity. Morcel had a three late that that could have changed the game. Just didn't do enough. I, I watched the end of that Syracuse Louisville game, and Syracuse tried their best to give that game away. That game was a mess. Judah Mintz uh, deciding to just go to the basket when all he needed to do was stop and get fouled. Uh, oh, nearly cost Syracuse that game. These teams, and and you know Louisville certainly not an NCAA tournament type team, but but these teams in this big mess of the ACC are going to have to find a way to win a bunch of those games. NC State at this point is going to have to find a way to win. I don't know, six out of seven, seven out of eight. They're going to have to go on that kind of run. I know you ran through their opposing uh, schedule, and the three games that stick out to me are the Wake Forest game, which they have next this Saturday on the road, the North Carolina game in Chapel Hill, and the Duke game at home. The thing that was so frustrating about that loss last night outside of the the re- offensive rebound and the free throws, which we'll get to in a little bit, is that it feels like we're back at square one. And what I mean by that, if you listen to the show regularly with Tim Donnelly, he said this was a three-game home stretch that NC State must needed to win to get themselves back into conversations of March. Well, they give up that close game to Pittsburgh last night, and now they're going into Winston-Salem against Wake Forest when they played earlier this season at PNC Arena. We know what happened. It was an emotional game, and Wake Forest all of a sudden is starting to pick up speed. I mean, they've had pretty two, they've had pretty good two convincing wins coming to this game on Saturday. So I, I, it's not going to get easy for State, that, that's for sure. But it does allow opportunities for them to get some big wins in their remaining schedule. Yeah, you had that three-game homestand, and now if you look at the schedule, it's a lot of road games. You're at Wake, you're at Clemson, you're at Florida State, which is not an easy place to play. You're at UNC, and you're at Pitt. you you got five road games out of your last uh, eight conference games to, to finish the year. So and you're seven and five. I, I think you've got to win. I mean, I don't. I'm not sure ten and ten and eight gets it done for you, Brian. The only silver line I see in the remaining schedule is that they have Duke at home, and we know what happens when NC State <laughs> plays Duke at home. Now, I'm just you know I'm just saying. But even then, if Duke, you know, starts to turn their their season around and they played well last night, in that bounce back victory against Notre Dame. Uh, yeah, this this could be a little bit of a gauntlet here coming up for NC State. Yeah, you don't and and you know you've got these two road games, the next two games at Wake at Clemson. You lose both of those, all of a sudden you're seven and seven, and now you're talking about having to run the table. Yeah, uh, and you're really putting yourself back against the wall. Uh, l- let's you know the the free throws. I mean, I think there were a lot of things that happened in that game. I keep talking about those two offensive rebounds. Those, those to me were huge. But when you look at the at the free throw line, you know free throws cost UNC the game against Georgia Tech. Free throws, easily the the one thing you can point to that cost NC State this game against Pittsburgh. Here's the deal. I can look at this uh, stat sheet a hundred times. Pitt played great in the first half. We played great in the second half. We were six for 15 from the free throw line. And you, you're not going to win any games when you go six for 15. And when they stepped up, I think they were plus 12 against our free throws. They were 18 for 20. And uh, if you, you know, you're looking at someone who's very disappointed because you, those are so valuable uh, in possession games. And tonight, we didn't step up and make our free throws. And, I, and honestly, I think that cost us the game. Yeah, I mean, there's a reason they call them free throws. I mean, there, there's nobody defending you. You're supposed to shoot way better than 6 of 15. The last miss was, was on purpose. 
they're trying to trying to get the offensive rebound. They got it. Hoist up a, a late three was nowhere close. We're talking a lot about their NCAA hopes. I mean, the other conversation to have is about Kevin Keats' future. And, and if they don't make the NCAA tournament, what does that future look like? I think that's a conversation that we can save uh, because that is going to be a conversation over the next three weeks, four weeks, uh, as we get into March, uh, That that's going to be had throughout the triangle in Raleigh, on this show, and other places. Right now, NC State still has something to play for. There are enough quad one. You know, we talk about the net. I hate quad one. I hate how much we talk about these computer rankings. But there are enough opportunities on this schedule that if NC State can get hot, can can go on a run, can win at Wake, at Clemson, at UNC versus Duke, I, I don't know if they need to win all of them, but if they can win a couple of them, they can give themselves a chance uh, to get in, back in that conversation. But that loss last night to Pitt makes that road that much more difficult. Yeah, and I will say this, uh, one play, and I don't like to single out players, but one thing that I've just been disappointed with is sort of the play from Casey Morso. Great kid. We had him on the Pat Therapy podcast, which you can go back and listen to. But when you're a grad guard and you're scoring your first point you know, midway through the second half, I, that, that just can't happen as a veteran player. So NC State's going to need to rely on guys like Casey Morsell to step up in his final season of college basketball, right? If you're NC State, that's sort of the motivation for some of these guys like or Marcel, like a Burns. You know, this is your last chance to leave it all out there on the hardwood. So, uh, you know, go out, go out with a bang. Thank you for listening to the Best of the Drive podcast. We're here with Coach Pete, Capital Financial Advisory Group. Coach, let's hear about your power plan. Well, Coach Pete's power plan, 22 steps to get you on the right direction for retirement. Also, make sure you have a successful, income-filled retirement. Tim, the next 10 people are going to give that away. No cost or obligation. For the power plan, call 800-691-3215. You can also go ahead and text Tim to 600-700. The phone number, 800-691-3215, or text Tim to 600-700. Duke coming off that tough loss against North Carolina got back in the win column handled Notre Dame at home pretty easily let's be honest Uh, Duke needed to take care of business took care of business Notre Dame not not very good this year but what I was struck by was to play a Kyle Filipowski sophomore center ACC preseason player of the year. I think if you look at his overall numbers, 17.3 points per game, 8.5 rebounds per game, you say, oh, Filipowski's having a pretty good year. But what I saw what I saw against Carolina, and now his numbers against Carolina were fine, uh, over 20 points in that game. Uh, you know, that is a tough assignment battling Armando Baycott and some of the size that North Carolina was able to throw at him. But, but last night against Notre Dame, 2 of 9 shooting, 8 points, 9 rebounds, uh, and, and look, I, I'm not. I don't want to play body language doctor. I don't want to. I, I watched on television like most of you did. I, I don't want to to read into what was going through Kyle Filipowski, but it just, it just, he didn't look thrilled. I guess yeah. is the best way to put it. He didn't look. Uh, you know, he, he scored a bucket and there was a foul. They went to timeout, and I mean, kind of put his head down and just walked to the bench. No reaction. No no excitement. Look, you know, could have just been a momentary thing, but. I think Duke is just going to need more out of Kyle Filipowski if they're going to get to where they want to get to. This is a top 10 team, always has dreams of going to the Final Four, always has national title aspirations. Uh, a, a team still in contention with, with UNC's loss to Clemson, still in contention for an ACC title. Um, but And John Shire hit on it last night. I think a lot of people were, were taken back. This is the second straight time against Notre Dame. Filipowski's had some trouble. They really forced him into some tough shots. If you listen to the broadcast 
West Durham. Uh, Jim Beheim talked a lot about how that was the plan of Notre Dame to get Filipowski twisting and turning and just forcing him into shots that he didn't really want to take, two of nine shooting. Obviously, Notre Dame did a good job there. Again, Duke won. They won easily. Uh, Filipowski's overall number is good, but here's John Shire on Filipowski's performance over those past two games. Need him to be better, and he's hard on himself, and he wants to be better. And look, he still has five offensive rebounds. You know, he's two points away and a rebound away from having a double-double. But the standard that I have for him and he has for himself, uh, he knows he can be better. And look, I know you say tough matchup, but he's a tough matchup no matter what. And uh, so we got to get him going. And uh, we have to help him. I have to help him. Uh, We have to keep him out of foul trouble. That's clearly a thing that every team tries to do is go at him to try to get fouls. And uh, we have to learn and adjust from that. I mean, we won the game by 19 points when he's in there, but he's only in there for half the game. And so uh, that's something we have to figure out. You know, when I hear that, I hear a lot of what uh, UNC went through with Armando Baycott. There was a time earlier in this season where Baycott was taking a back seat. He was taking a back seat to R.J. Davis. He was taking a back seat to to Harrison Ingram. And, And if you listen to Hubert Davis after that, after the game against Duke, he talked about, how he pulled Baycott into his office and said, I need more out of you. Uh, yeah, it was you a good I need more out of you. And and that's what I'm hearing Shire say to Filipowski. If this team wants to get where this team wants to go, then I need more out of you. And it'll be interesting. North Carolina did change some, some parts of their offense to get Baycott the ball. You've seen it in the last two games. Had much bigger offensive performances. Can Duke make those same adjustments for Filipowski? Can they find a way – to get him going offensively, he's the key to that team. I mean, as far you know, Roach is very good. McCain, they've got a lot of pieces. They need Filipowski to, to be the driver of, of that team if they're going to get to where they want to go to. Uh, Shire also talked about, you know, what a big win that was. We saw what happened to Carolina after they beat Duke. They lost at home to Clemson. The, the Duke hangover was real. For Duke, they didn't have the same hangover after losing to North Carolina. Yeah, it was a good response, and we competed. You know, that that doesn't mean you don't make mistakes and there's not things you can do better, but our defense is really good. You know I mean? It's hold them to 33% from the field, hold them to 53 points. Um, they're a competitive group. They keep, com- they keep coming at you. But I thought a bunch of different guys stepped up, got good minutes from everybody, and uh, it's a good response and a good win. Uh, yeah, I think you have to be pleased with the defense if you're Duke because I thought in the in the loss to North Carolina, and we'll keep referencing it because that that was the biggest game of the ACC so far this season. In the loss to North Carolina, I thought Duke's offense did enough to win that game. Every time they got close in the second half, North Carolina got a bucket. And so I think, you know, Filipowski's growth and the ability of Duke's defense to get stops when they need to get stops. So I think we saw this against Arizona as well, against high-level opponents can their defense find enough stops to give their offense a chance to win these games? Yeah, I mean, very very impressive bounce-back performance for Duke. I mean, as you mentioned on the defensive side, they just they held Notre Dame to just 39, 33% uh, from field goal percentage, and then Duke shot 43% overall and rode a 43-35 to rebound advantage to a 21-22 edge in second-chance points. Uh, so, I mean, Duke, despite what we saw against North Carolina, I mean, historically they're relatively good coming off a North Carolina game or a North Carolina loss. So definitely going in the right direction. But, again, it's concerning what we're seeing now with Kyle Filipowski in these past two games just because it feels like he just hasn't been there because of the foul trouble. 
I, I do wonder, you know, there's been a lot of talk. Should Duke have gone and gotten a, a center out of the portal? Should they have found another big man to to ease the burden on Filipowski? One, when when he's got a bang against guys who are who are, are wider than him, let me say. He's Filipowski's a big guy. Uh, he's tall, but but he doesn't have the the frame necessarily of, of a DJ Burns or even an Armando Baycott. And so should they have should Duke have gone and found a portal center that could have helped them in, in certain matchups? Because it, it does look at times like Filipowski is more comfortable on the perimeter. Um, and perhaps even more comfortable defending out on the perimeter. Uh, but he's their big guy, and, and th- they've shown in the last couple of games that Ryan White, uh, Ryan Young, sorry, is going to play. He's not going to play that much. It's going to be Filipowski. Uh, if he's in foul trouble, they have some, some options. But they need Filipowski to, to, to carry the load. Their guards can only do so much. This is his team. He was the ACC preseason player of the year. And, and I thought Shire, you know, calling him on it, May, we may see that as a turning point of this season. Can Duke change what they're doing uh, to get Filipowski more easy looks, uh, less defensive pressure? And we talked about the foul trouble that he got in. Um, this this is an important time, maybe a turning point for Duke. Can you find a way to get your best player going? Even though Kyle Filipowski struggled in the past two games, one player that's continued to be good that was continued to be good last night had a good game against North Carolina. Mark Mitchell at 13 points, 10, re- 10 rebounds. Uh, he's looking good. So, as you mentioned, if Filipowski, you know, doesn't have it in a game, Shire definitely has options between Young and Mitchell to turn to to help provide a spark in in the offense. Yeah, they got you know McCain had over twenty points against uh, against Carolina. They had three players over twenty points. I, I'm not as worried about the offense. I mean, you'd like Filipowski to be a little more involved. I'm not worried about Duke's offense. I just think in a couple of the big games that I've watched really closely, their defense hasn't been able to get the kind of stops that they need. Uh, to to win those games and and look, we talked in the first segment about NC State. They're just trying to make the tournament. Duke is a program that is not just trying to make the tournament. They're trying to go far. They're trying to play into the Sweet Sixteen, into the Elite Eight. You know, hopefully into the Final Four if you're a Duke fan. And so, they, their let their bar is a little bit different. They're you know what they're looking for. They're going to be compared to Carolina. They're going to be compared to Arizona. They're going to be compared to to Kentucky and UConn and, and Purdue. Um, they're not going to be compared to teams on the bubble. And so I I think defensively and, and getting Filipowski going are two things that if you're Duke over the next three mo- three weeks, four weeks, that's what you're looking at uh, to, to try to improve and, and to get deep in the NCAA tournament. And they have enough talented players where, as you mentioned, those expectations should be Reality. I mean, there should be no reason why Duke should not make the NCAA tournament. It's just a matter of how far can their talent take them deep in the season. I chose William Peace because of the personalized education it offers, which allows students to truly know their professors. It's really possible to make genuine connections with your professors and learn intentionally here and dive deep into what you're passionate about. A 12 to 1 student to faculty ratio is just one of the many reasons students choose William Peace University. Extra attention starts day one for career planning with their Career Services Center. Find out all they have to offer at peace.edu. 